The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Is, it, is everything all right? No, my lord. No, my axe is broken and the, and, the, and the axe head just... It fell in the water. I can't even get it. Such a bummer because I even borrowed this iron axe, man. Like, now I got to pay for this. Oh, my goodness. What is always happening to me? Wait, calm down. Show me exactly where it fell. It fell over there, right there. Yeah, it, right in that area, right there is where it fell. Okay. Uh, give me a stick. There you go. Alright. There you go. It's floating? <laughs> yes, now pick it up. Okay. Thank you so much. Praise God. Join us as we unravel the thrilling accounts of lost axe heads, invisible armies, and divine protection, revealing the profound truths about the unseen realm and the boundless power of faith. Get ready for a journey that will change your perception of reality and ignite your sense of wonder. In this episode, we are delving into 2 Kings chapter 6. As always, be blessed and enjoy. Right, welcome back to another episode of a breath of fresh air podcast here with your hosts, Nikaz Gay and Earl Roberts. Um, <laughs> another episode with the ums. Oh, uh, it's funny because we don't even know if the other episode of the ums even out yet. Okay, but hopefully everyone had a great week. Hopefully everyone's enjoying our content. We definitely appreciate all our listeners, our subscribers, those who tune in weekly, those who tune in bi-weekly, those who tune in monthly. No matter what, we definitely appreciate you guys. We definitely would hope that you guys would share it with a friend. That way we can grow and uh, spread the message as best as possible, but all in God's timing. Um, but yeah, definitely appreciate it. Leave a comment down below. Hit the like button. Hit the unlike button. If you definitely, if you if you don't agree with us, you can hit the unlike button. I'm not telling you which one to take, but I prefer. If you ask me, I would, I would prefer you hit the like button. Um, but yeah. Uh, so a question been on my mind recently, right? Because like we see so much different things happening in the world, and I know it's a question like other young people might have on their minds, and even older adults. Is 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 impactful? I think we ask something similar to this. Who knows in which episode? Because this we like in the one forties at this point. Mm -hmm. But it's like like in the world today, like. People's like I know some people say, oh, like the world just going, the world just go, the world just gonna be like, you know, this is Christ soon come, world gonna be evil, you know, we could do about it, right? But I'm like, as Christians, Christians, is that the mentality that we should have? Mm. Like, like should we be silent in an evil, in an in an evil world, or should we still be trying to be the light? You know what I'm saying? I mean, because it's just something that I don't know, man. I just feel like some Christians just just cop out <clears throat> and say. Yeah, Christ soon come to rook and evenly, Charlie. Nothing we could do about that. But I'm like, no, we could. Like, I mean, it's, it's a secular quote. Like, evil prevails when good people do nothing. And I'm like, God calls us to be the light, to be the salt. And if we're not letting our light shine, if we're not being the salt, spicing up the room, then what are we doing? Like, I, I just don't think we should, like, just let things just become overrun with evil and not being, like, the good word. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we live in an evil time, but this is it's not the most evil the world has been. And this isn't the only time or society that was 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 evil. Um when when Noah was around, mm. that was that I would say that was the most evil it was at the time because just based on the way God reacted, you know, uh destroying the world by by water. Um it can come a time when, you know, the plagues in Revelation, you know, you know, they talk about the four horse, horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, bringing this and bringing that. It, it, it can come a time when you could see the end of the world is near and you could see God is coming to destroy the world again by fire. And so we could. And then there's also times like um, when Daniel was in the land of Babylon and. You know, you have just pockets of people that were sprinkled among people that were unrighteous or ungodly, you know, people in, in just various cities and stuff like that. So from a biblical perspective, we can see where, you know, your surroundings should not dictate the way you are. Daniel still prayed three times a day, even in the face of being um, arrested and killed and thrown in the lion's den for that. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they didn't they didn't um, want to bow down to the idol. And mm-hmm. it was law, and they chose not to, and so they got thrown into the um, into the fire. You feel me? And God prevailed. I don't know if that's to answer your question, but I, I do think that our light should always shine. You know, it might be a time when we have to go off the grid, and I'm saying that's because in in Bible prophecy they talk about when you aren't able to buy or sell. You know, what I'm saying unless you have the mark of the beast. So <clears throat> I'm saying is. I don't plan to have the mark of the beast. You know, I plan to have the seal of God. So it's God of so it'll be a time when I can't be a functioning member of society. I have to be off the grid because I can't operate in this society. I don't have the means to buy or to sell. So that means mm-hmm. I have to be self-sufficient. It, it can come a time. And I feel like that's the time when it's like, oh, nothing we can do. Because from there, it's like either you sealed or you have the mark. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. But then he is that is righteous, be righteous still. And on top of that, if you decide, oh man, the world is too wicked, I'm not doing anything, you get you take away the opportunity of God using you and you take away the opportunity for someone to be saved. If you don't try, then no one would, would be saved and you won't help anyone to be saved. So that's my opinion on it. Now, the practicality of it is different because it might take a lot of courage for you to say, standing out and doing this thing. And I'm not saying that I'm the best at that or whatever, you know, but I do think it is the right thing and it is the what we are called to we are called to actually still be the light um in, in this world. No, I definitely agree. I mean, I think they or you kinda implied that, but I definitely agree because man, we talk about this all the time, like, yo, this is the world we have to bring up kids in, right? Because you mm-hmm. have so many different distractions, so many different ideologies uh, that are being presented that are just goes against our beliefs. It is what it is, you know, just to straight up go against our beliefs. And society has become so accepting to, to evilness in its various forms, you know what I'm saying? And now the question is, okay, like, do you still speak out against these things? Because now you speak out against these things. You don't have love. How could you? Why are you talking out against these things? Like Enemy of humanity, you dysphobic, you that. Yeah, and, and 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 my thing is like I even see different churches watering down their standards to be more accepting and inclusive. But we saw it firsthand when when we went through the pandemic, and you know people had various opinions on you know taking the solution. I try not to use certain words because these um mm-hmm. yeah these yeah take down your whole video yeah take down the video and things mm-hmm. right. YouTube is they, that's what we're talking about. But <laughs> they right. You see how um some people would be like, bro, you just you not you're not a, a friend of humanity, bro, if you don't take mm-hmm. if you don't take it like you you hate you hate humans, bro. You wanna you want us to die, you're trying to cause us to die. But then there's other people saying, bro, I I'm not taking it and why you care? You know what I mean? But there was some people that was really treating you like bro, you mm, you gotta come from around me, bro, if you ain't if you ain't doing that, right? I ain't here to discuss this. I mean, because that is get this ain't even a health thing no more. It's get political, you you know what I mean. But 
we can see how people are polarized just based on their stances on things. And we can look forward to that continuing because there's a lot of polarizing discussion, especially in, a, in the country we live in, America. Everybody, bro, anything important enough, it just go to black or white, blue or red. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It is get there. You know, and depending on where you start, some people might not even like you. Some people might wish your downfall just because of your beliefs in one way or the other. That's a fact. And then sometimes it's like, bro, common sense would tell you that this is wrong. But some people will fight you to death saying, no, that's, that's actually right. That's actually right. And you're wrong for thinking that, you know? I guess overall, I guess the thought is, I guess kind of morphed but to me as a church just always be willing to stand up for your beliefs because in the world today it's gonna seem like right is wrong and wrong is right and when you know what is right you shouldn't be you shouldn't be wavering and it's a hot take but i feel like christianity is the only religion that wavers in their beliefs hmm. you know what i'm saying like there are certain things we would do in Christian nations that you wouldn't even think about trying to do in, in, in like other countries dominated by other religions. And I'm like, why is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, why should we be the ones watering down our beliefs, our, our belief system, our values just to. To fit in or to make people feel comfortable. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's how I just be, bro. Sometimes it's like, bro, you don't want no smoke or you don't want to, ostracize somebody but at the end of the day it's like it's like we was talking about the Ten Commandments the other day bro it's like you don't gotta lie Dre. you know what I mean like it's, it's one thing if you want to stay away from that topic you know but if you face with that topic bro like don't lie like just tell the truth but just find a way to do it in love and, and don't speak on it unless you can do it in love you know? yeah and my thing is especially the love thing and man like God is a loving and forgiving God but here's my thing we don't talk about lying from the pulpit Mm. We don't glorify that. That don't um shoot. Everyone is lies, but just they don't want to or not. Like everyone tells little white lies. You know what I'm saying? Like, so why should we be glorifying other things? You know, on the pulpit, like yo, God still loves the sinner but hates the sin, no matter what it is. And I think that that principle holds true for everything, and we shouldn't be watering down God's word for anybody. So. That's my take, my hot take. The views of a breath of fresh air reflects the bodies involved. <laughs> and we encourage you <laughs> to use it as a conversational tool. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Shoot. All right. So this week we are in 2 Kings chapter 6. And so in the last episode, we, we went over Naaman's leprosy. And all of the this parallels with the previous chapter, how, you know, the, the servant girl stayed true to the values that she was taught as a kid. And when she was in captivity, she still talked to the God, like talked about the God that she knew. How Naaman's true sickness wasn't even the leprosy, it was his pride because we saw God did everything for him. But then God still had to work on his pride before he was healed because Naaman was expecting to... For this to be some type of miraculous event, mm -hmm. he was and, and he was expecting Elijah to treat him with such dignity, but Elijah didn't even come to see him at first. Elijah just told a servant to go tell him the message and bring the dip in the dirtiest river in the whole region. And we see Nahum walked away furious because he's saying, "What he the miracle he expected wasn't the miracle that he got." Mm. And we see it was still because of his pride. So definitely encourage everyone to go back and check out last week's episode or the last episode we did on Kings, uh, Second Kings. But then this week, we are in 2 Kings chapter 6. Interesting story. There's actually one part of the story that I really, really like. And it might not be the part that people actually think about. But when we get to it, I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Um, but we have like different stories in this, different segments in this chapter. So it should be a pretty interesting one. Let's get it. So reading from the New King James Version, uh, first, Second Kings. 2 Kings 6. And the sons of the prophets of Elisha said, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there. And let us make there a place where we may dwell. So we answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he sent with them 
So he went with them and they came to the Jordan. They cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, an iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried and he said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. So just here now we see one iron was floating. But for the less obvious facts, we see Elisha had such an impact on. Then this is my reading into it now. We see Elisha had such an impact on like the school of prophets in the region that like the, the school like when, when Lot told Abram, this land ain't big enough for the two of us. Mm -hmm. the, the school wasn't as big for everyone who was there anymore. So now there's like, hey, Elisha, we love, we love what you're doing. We need to build a bigger place. But hold on. We don't want to depart from you. We want you to bless because we also want you to still be here in this new place as well. So now, like, we need you to consent for us to, to, to build a bigger place. We all want to be here learning from the school of prophets with you around. But yeah, they get to building. They trying to chop down a tree or a beam, as they say. And the head of the, the head of the um, the ox fell in the water, and he panic. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, bro, this ain't even mine. <laughs> yeah, I would be, I would be kind of, I'd be kind of annoyed too. Cause now you like, cause I, I, I don't know how common. Well, iron was common, but I think iron was pretty expensive, especially Probably. in Israel, because. I don't think they have any iron mines there, so it'd have to be brought in. Because mm. I was wondering why you so why you why you so distraught mm -hmm. about you know this borrowed ox. Yeah, so I think I think it was twofold. Like one, iron was pretty expensive, and then two, it ain't yours. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, bro, I just it's like when you break if you break something expensive and it ain't yours. You you mod it break, but now you mod it. My goodness, I have to pay for I, this. I have to replace that in some type of way. Because it was it was just yours. You could eat it and be like, all right, it is what it is. Yeah, I just take a loss. But when it's someone else on you, like my goodness, I <laughs> even if I didn't want to pay for this, now I have to pay for this. I have to replenish that. And so now we see Elisha just uh, he threw a stick in the water and made the iron float. Now again, this you know one of the miraculous things because anyone who ever just had a raw lump of iron because now today we have ships that float so mm -hmm. it's a little bit different but iron doesn't naturally float yes. <laughs> <laughs> iron doesn't naturally float so we see so we see through the stick and, and, and the iron axe like just imagine you throw a hammer in the water and the hammer floats to the top bro that's crazy you know what I'm saying so now the hammer floating the ox head floating and I like what Elijah did. Elijah said, go take it. Because now, some people say seeing is believing, but that ain't fate. But now it's like, now you got to put your fate to action. Go get it out the water yourself now. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's one thing you be like, oh, no, what is this? You could go get it. Now, you see it, You see the miracle happen, but now it's like God could do what God could do, but it's still up to you to do the rest. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why do you think he's dropping that thing down so close to the water like that? But he might have fly, Trey. Might have fly. He might have. Yeah, you know, you know, and and, and depends the type of wood they do. Cause like some trees go closer to the water, and then you That's know, that whole area is like a that whole area is like big desert. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like the water, the the, the lush trees can grow closer to the water source either way. So you know, goes was tripping me out was. All right, well, you ain't jumping and going and get it, right? That's why how deep the water is. That's what I'm saying. So I was saying, bro, that water probably deep. And so I'm like, bro, why you jump? Why you jumping so close to this deep? Water, you know what I mean? The but tree might have been on a cliff or it, something. It probably was, bro. Like it, it probably ain't as as. as, as I just trying to be silly, but it no, I as, get it too. Because like I, was, I thought the same. I was like, bro, why you just didn't go swim and get it? Because like, like, it that deep? If because because like you chopping on a tree, you gotta use strength, so you gotta get a little. You gotta get enough leverage, right? He might have gone. And just went, <laughs> bloop. Yeah, we we don't know what else was wrong with the mind. Clearly. Wherever it was, it was in a place where he couldn't get it yeah. through natural means. Yeah. And so, yeah, he picked it up for himself and that was that. So that, that part was... Nice little, little story. Yeah, you know, nice little story. So now in, verse, now in verse 8, now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. Interesting. Yeah. 
the king of Syria who just had his... I wonder what Naaman had to say about this. <laughs> That's what I really want to know. I wonder what Naaman had to say about I really, this. But I really want to know. Was you still was you still clocking in at work every day, Naaman? <laughs> no, this is a real tangent, right? But I wonder, like, man, like, so you had to change your heart. How would you continue going about your day and your regular mission at that point? You know what I'm saying? So, when I watching, I was watching this show, mm-hmm. Scottish people. <laughs> Scottish. Yeah, you know, they're Scottish and they was fighting the British. The oh, yeah, it's like Braveheart or something. I don't, that's not a show? It's not a show. I just talk about historically. This okay, yeah, probably. I don't know if you, I don't know if he's referencing the show. It's like not even the show called, but let's say that. That's what it was, right? They both Christian nations. Mm-hmm. They have war for something else. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so, I don't know, he might have taken that approach. Because at the end of the day, God is facilitating mm-hmm. this war. Like the reason why the reason why Naaman had been so successful in the past in his military conquest is because the Lord ordained that for that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? And so if they win again, more than likely God, you know, a lot of time. And you can look at it two ways. Cause it's when you get to these two-sided things, it's like you could look at it both ways, bro. Like one, you could say the Lord is with Syria. Mm-hmm. Or you could say the Lord is punishing Israel. And so by punishing Israel, by default, he would be with Syria. Mm-hmm. You understand what I say? I mean, you know, it's God. He could come up with a way where two of them lose in some type of way. But, you know, that's just how it is. And we can see that we can see that all throughout, throughout the rest of Second Kings where other nations are victorious against Israel. And it's solely because of the state of Israel. You know what I'm saying? Not because... Disobedience. Yeah, just because of their disobedience. Not because God wants to see... Israel suffer or anything like that, or that God wants to see Syria or Babylon or the Medes and the Persians be successful. It's just that Israel has brought this punishment upon themselves because of their apostasy for so long. And so I don't know. I don't know. Naaman might have quit. He might not have. Oh, it's just, it's just business. Never, never personal. A big hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, big hypothetical. So we see that now the king of Syria is making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent and the man of God sent to the king of the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. The king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. So, I mean, just in layman's terms, right? The Syrians were making a plans. Elisha, through divine Holy Spirit knowledge, understood what the Syrians were doing, was made aware of, was made aware of by the Holy Spirit what the Syrians were doing. We know Elisha and the king of Israel ain't on the best terms, but at least it ain't like Elijah and Ahab. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit more cordial than, 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 than Elijah and Ahab. So Elisha and, I guess, Jehoram. Jehoram. Yeah. Um, it's funny because one time they spell it Jehoram and then another time they spell it Joram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They like on a little bit more cordial terms. So we see Elisha saying, anyway, bro, just so you know, don't go around here because the Syrians plotting on you from here. Mm-hmm. And then we see Joram was like, huh, don't you say? So let's go check it out. And he, he checked it on he checked it on it was it was it was as Elisha said. Mm-hmm. So he was made aware through Elisha of some of the Syrians' plans. So therefore, in verse 11, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And the servant said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the kings the words of which you speak in your bedroom. You was going to say something? No, I was, my mind was on something else. <laughs> <laughs> so verse 13, so he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore the king sent his horses and his chariots and great army there, and they... And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant of God said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So, again, we see 
We see the king of Syria. Mod. You know what it is? You come up with this great plan. You about to come up with a great surprise attack, right? <laughs> but your plans get leaked. So now, what I thought was my advantage turned to my disadvantage. But the king saying, hold on. Only my trusted advisors know the knew this plan. Yeah. So how in the round world, I don't really know if Dwayne, if they thought the world was round or flat back then, but that's a whole different story. But how in the round world, the king of Israel was made aware of my plans. So mm. he's saying, which one are you all working for that? <laughs> and that's the only conclusion. That's the only logical conclusion. One of y'all for Israel, which one is it? Like, let's deal with this right now. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, king, it ain't on us. Hmm. But that prophet they got over there, he relaying to the king of Israel what you saying in your bedroom, let alone with us. I just wonder how they know that, bro. Bro. If Naaman mm-hmm. could say there's the one true God in Israel, I could bring back two mule lords of dirt. Mm-hmm. Bro, the Bible say no man could it ignore. Could, yeah. The existence of God. Fuck. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and you got to remember, these kingdoms around there in ancient, I guess, what is it, Mesopotamia, whatever this land is at this point, mm-hmm. Canaan, they knew the power and the might of the other Israelite God <laughs> from before Egypt. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And just how the Israelites' account has been passed down through us through the Bible and through other historical records, their accounts were also passed down in their own Way, yeah. Exactly. So they had record. They 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 prob- They have the historical records at the times. They probably went to fight against the Israelites and what happened to them. And you know, remember when they was first coming to this land when the river split and this whole nation get devoured. Like they have their historical accounts too. And so again, it's like they they. And Elisha and him bring in strong. So they're like, bro, the only way this could happen is our prophet Elisha because we know what he do. We know what he capable of. And furthermore, bro. We might not be worshiping their God, but we know the power of their God. That's true, but I, it, but to me, it's just so uncanny how they hit the nail on the head. Because oh. they're like, but what other else it could be? But it's I, almost like we look around, but I know I ain't. I know. <laughs> but that's what I said. I, I would have started to think, but Aaron was he telling me? Because I know I ain't. Hey, I know I ain't tell. He know he ain't tell. He know he ain't. Bro, the only other thing it could be is this. And for it to be such verbatim and no slip ups, come on. Like, King, that's the only, that's the only, that's the only explanation. It's interesting that Naaman ain't mentioned in this text, but. Unless Naaman quit his job, which we don't have no evidence that he did or did not, mm-hmm. right? He would have had to been in this conversation because this is a, a military pursuit. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so the, your tactic was this. You speak to your advisors, X, Y, Z. How could Naaman not be a part of this if this was the general, bro? If this mm-hmm. was the leader of the army, you know? So again, bro, that same prophet that healed me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Trust me. It only could be him. So the king said, all right, well, this is a simple fix. <laughs> Where he is, let's kill him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just laugh because that's crazy, bro. It is crazy that you could get that from that. Like, you could say, this a prophet who connected to the Most High God, who not only can, they, um, the, the God heals leprosy, mm-hmm. but also can tell him, it's omnipresent. Can tell you what you said, and just like, oh no, we can just kill him. That's, that's what the king said. <laughs> right, I just wonder how you get to that. <laughs> he is about to worship him, but it's how lost people could be. But they, but see what it ain't. He ain't not lost him because Saul thought the same thing mm. with David. Mm. Saul was trying to kill David, but Saul failed so much times, and they get to the point where Saul almost got killed from David. You know what I mean? But he still keep doing it. He still mm. keep pursuing David. Yeah. So the king just said, you know what? We can kill him. So where he is Dothan. Let's go. Let's we go, go to Dothan. So we see him. The king pulled up with all his chariots, all his men. And he's like, bro, if, if you stand in the way between me and victory, <laughs> I just can take you out. You but what the king failed, failed to realize, to your point, this ain't just no ordinary man. This is the man of God. This is the God that healed your top general from leprosy. This is the God who preserving. Hey, my kids might be on time out, but they still my kids. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> God's like, hold on, bro. You're getting a little overzealous here, buddy. <laughs> You're getting a little overzealous here, buddy. Yeah, bro. Some people just bite off more than they could chew, but... Exactly. Let's see how that worked out. So in verse 16, So we answered, 
So again, so we see the 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 servant told Elisha, asking Elisha from verse 15, Elisha, like, alas, master, what shall we do? So in verse 16, he answered, do not fail, for those who are here with us are more than those who are with them. Mm. Now, like, painting the picture again. Elijah ain't with the army for people who just worrying. There's him and his servants, maybe some other prophets there, some people in the school, school of the prophets. And so as a normal human being, you're like, hold on, bro. Hey, y'all ain't seen Imagine you wake up, you wake it up early in the morning, mm-hmm. but you surround it. You're like, how we gonna get out this one, buddy? How we gonna get out this one? And then Elijah say, do not fear because those who are here with us mm. are more than those who are there with them. Mm. And I can imagine this young man looking around like, boy, master, I know you don't partake in these <laughs> in certain beverages and certain herbs. What do they call it? Hallucinogens? <laughs> yeah, like, but boy, boss, I think you might eat a mushroom that was a little too bad. You but don't. y'all can't even eat mushrooms. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but they can't even eat mushrooms, so that, that's on them, that's on them, right? But, so, and then in verse 7, is this one the part I actually really like, right? So Elisha prayed and said, Lord... I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Mm. Open his eyes that he may see. Mm. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Mercy. So when the Syrians came down on him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike these people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. That is crazy, bro. Elisha, Elisha was just there acting natural, mm-hmm. knowing that he see all of these angels, and to me that implies that this this might have been a normal thing for Elisha, bro. Bro, and so yeah, right. I mean, like obvious implications. First of all, right. Mm-hmm. It shows for other listeners out there. It shows that okay, like. There's a there's a different people say different dimension, different realm mm-hmm. that we in our human eyes normally can't see. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the realm where the spiritual beings dwell, but it's like kind of interwoven with earth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we see like we the Bible says we we wrestle not against flesh, but we we wrestle against principalities, powers, all the wickedness of the world. I might have butchered the order of the text, but you kind of get you kind of get what I'm saying. But like all I'm saying is like there's there are these things that we cannot see that are happening in the world, and and this is kind of an example of it, right? And 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 what I like is that simultaneously, Elijah was seeing. That's like me and you sitting here, right, bro? And we looking at the same thing. Mm. But we seen it differently. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because guess what? This guy was seeing what was there in reality. Hmm. Right? He literally looking and saying, bro, all I all I could see is what right before me. Mm. All the chariots. So he was seeing what was there in reality. Elijah said, Lord, let him see what here in actuality. Mm-hmm. I ain't even trying to be deep. Right? But think about it, bro. Like, Elijah saying, bro. You can't see what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. so you fearing. I know what I could see, so I calm. But we're looking at the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, Jared. You know what I'm saying? So now, all Elijah, bro, Elijah say, Lord, just let him be able to see a glimpse mm-hmm. of what happened. And as soon as he, soon he was, soon as soon as he was taken from his reality to actuality, God's reality, he said, Hold on, bro. We, I thought that army over there was powerful. Bro, I surrounded by flaming chariots. Yeah, they, 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 we outnumbering them, actually. You know what I'm saying? I thought we were outnumbering. Bro, like, and that's just, that's just powerful to me, man. Like, because it's so interesting, too, because, like, we always say, like, I wonder how God looking at the situation we can see, but God looking at the situation completely different, but we looking at the same thing. Mm. It's a secular song. I hate bringing up secular stuff when we're in the podcast, right? But, like, Drake, 
<clears throat> ironically, has a line. Like, we're on the same floor, but we got different, different views. views yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of exactly what's happening right now. Y'all in the same situation, but y'all have different views because one is preview, they're getting a glimpse of what God's saying. You can see the, the situation for, from God's perspective and saying, bro, you don't have, you have no reason to feel that because I am with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think you at a major disadvantage right now at your point in this life, but guess what, bro? <laughs> the enemy has no idea what they up against. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because they come up against God Almighty because they can't, they have the audacity to come after God's anointed. Bro, the audacity. Bro, the, like, to your point, how the king heard this information and arrived at that conclusion. Yeah, dog. It's like, it's like, I often wonder about the Pharaoh during Moses' time. Mm-hmm. That Moses the second eh? <laughs> that was the second, yeah. That, that's, that was the Pharaoh. Yeah, that's a, that's a we had to do some digging. We narrow it down. We do some serious <laughs> research. That's not there, bro. We it down. The that was the second. <laughs> but it's just so funny how you are, you endured ten plagues, including the death of your son. Mm-hmm. You let the Israelites go. Now you're literally seeing this large body of water divided. Mm-hmm. People are walking on dry land and you are assuming that you can cross and conquer those people that have the supernatural powers of God on their side. Like, bro, what type of irrational confidence is that, bro? There's no... Just you know, you just you know, I don't even know what to say for that, bro. It's just like, unfathomable. Yeah, like, you know, sense, you know sense to this, bro, like... Who, who advised that, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah, Nemo must have to resign because I think Nemo would have been like, bro, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> I just don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> Nevin might have tried, let's say Nevin tried to talk, but he was outnumbered or Nevin was just too. He was going a little too hard for the Israelites. No. Yeah, and then it looked like, hold on now. <laughs> You're going to get killed from the episode now. You switch against us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe if a Nevin take his boss right and say, bro, I know what they just do for you. And your mind will be divided. Stay home. You know, like, oh, the Israelites at first, they say, if you just build a house, or if you just get married, or if you just yeah. get a vineyard, you won't get to enjoy it. Stay, stay home. Stay home. You know what I mean? It could be a distraction for us. Yeah. But, yeah, man, like, it's just, it's, it's just so powerful that it was just a simple prayer. Lord, let open his eyes that he may see. Hmm. And I just wonder, like, and, and like, it, it's like in retrospect, we could see how God brought us through. I just wonder, like, how much times, like, we up against it. Mm. You know, we, we pray and we have in our faith, but we just can't see what God see. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because in that instance, Elisha already knew what God was about to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, but uh, Elisha had a bunch of faith, right? So I'm, I'm trying to diminish Elisha's point, right? But the, the servant didn't. Mm. So he was crying out for help and, and, and so worried and so fearful, whereas God already knew what the plan was going to be. So you were about to get your divine, miracle, redemp- like redemption, saving, you don't even know what about to happen. Hmm. But God already had it already preset from before you wake up. Think about it, bro. It's like first thing in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's first thing in the morning. Elisha might have been sleeping, might have been awakening his master. <laughs> but God already had these chariots there waiting for them. It's waiting, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like you was already, you, <laughs> you your, your salvation was already there for you and you didn't even know it. Your saving grace was already there, bro. Before pre-planned, right? So before you even needed it, but so you wasn't. They, 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 they the enemy encamped around you, but you not in actual danger yet because they in charge at you, right? But before you got even got endangered, the solution was already made. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like it's like the plan of redemption in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, God, them, Jesus, them, they already had the plan of redemption, right? Mopped out. When you all fail, bro, we already got this mopped out, bro. We already know this can go this the long way, this the hard way. But because we love y'all, we you know, this this don't this don't this what we gonna do. This what we gonna choose. And you think, think it was any go cherubim? I think or, so, because I, I feel like the cherubims is more like the angels who want the smoke. Yeah, but, but imagine not though. You got imagine you see this human torso with three, four different heads. You got a bull, you got what a lion, you got a human head, flaming swords, flaming swords, bro. Like, woo, sitting yeah. on top of horses, made of fire. Like, I, you know, let me tell you the dumb, the dumb thing that runs in my mind. 
<laughs> I don't even want to repeat this out of this is, bro. When, when, when you see the horses, right? I was, the first thing I say, the first thing I think was, when they open up their mind, why they didn't see nothing that, like, unique to heaven that we don't, oh, obviously we don't have flaming horses or whatever, right? But we have horses, we have fire, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, but why they not, like, why they pull up in cars, bro? Like, you know, cars ain't invented yet, right? And this something there, futuristic, but they're not to be like, cars, that's a human invention. You understand? You think you, you think you got any human inventions in heaven? Like, this morning on the way here, I was wondering, um, this might sound dumb, but I was wondering if we got bread in heaven or if we only eat like fruits and vegetables, like just as is. Everyone, you finish this <laughs> No, for real, no. You could be disgruntled with just eating fruits, man. No, I'm not, I won't be. I won't be. I, by the grace of God, I hope because I can be perfect. You know what I mean? But my I'm thing is, will we have any human inventions in heaven? Like, will we have curry or things that people take the resources and put it together? And So, man. This is a real this is a tangent. tangent. Yeah, this is a tangent. And this is a real tangent. We have the answer to, right? But so it was like a question, right? Because our free will ain't going nowhere. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, are we, we can still have free will. And I do believe God can still let us have our free will. You still have free creativity. Now, the question is, do we need to kill animals anymore? I don't and think I don't, we, I don't yeah, think we need to kill animals. See, so I don't know how good curry pineapple could taste. <laughs> curry, um, um, curry apple, curry no, mango. Gabonzo beans, um, chickpeas, uh, <laughs> potatoes. That might, might be onto something. We will use our Dominic houses. In-laws make some um, some curry mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But will we, we be eating mushrooms? mushrooms. <laughs> Full circle moment, right? So, yeah, let's progress. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we have a serious time to comment, comment your beliefs below. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I just don't really like inventions. Like, I think actual inventions probably, but like different food choices, I don't know, because it's a little different. Because I mean, we might be able to make bread, but like, I don't know. If we... See, the reason I was asking is because you have whole wheat bread mm-hmm. that, that nourishes your body in such a way, but pure white, I mean, like white bread, it, it's stripped of the nutrients, right? Mm-hmm. So you eat too much of that and you have implications, you, you put on fat and stuff like that, you know? And then you have like stuff like like junk food mm-hmm. and stuff that is pleasurable to taste, but it's not there's not much nutritional value, right? So I'm like, will we be in heaven with the ability to eat junk food? I doubt it, right? But it's like, if you could create, you could make that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But is this only made because of our flawed mind and we eating stuff that is actually, I ain't gonna say killing us, but, it, you know, people yeah, are dying. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's call it what it is. Yeah, that, like, we eating stuff that's actually killing us. It's, it's not It's not helping us to live a higher quality of life. It's, mm-hmm. it's hurting our hearts. It's hurting our livers. It's hurting, you know, mm-hmm. our bloodstream, blood flow, all that, diabetes, heart disease, stuff like that that's linked to the food we eat. You know, and so I had that 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 thought that that grammar thought. It it wasn't as minimal as I I made it seem at the beginning, but I really was thinking, how deep can it go, or will mm. it just be to eliminate all of these questions? We stick into the raw nutrient because I'm sure in heaven they have fruit probably that we that is, that is extinct now, right? Or that we never even think of, or it's taste that we never. It's like you remember the like whatever your favorite food is. The first time you had that food, like the experience you got. They, they might have he might have other types of food that give you that same experience you know yeah or will, will eating even be a thing for it because you can't die you know what I'm saying so it's like will you eat out of like necessity or will you eat just for fun like you know what I'm saying like who knows all good questions one day I googled did Adam and Eve and I, I had some type of question right but the predictive text say have a belly button <laughs> moving right along <laughs> Moving right along. That that tripped me. I was like, what? Moving right along. <laughs> now Elisha said to them, yeah, and see, we all, they also go struck with blindness, as we said. So now Elisha said to them in verse 19, this is not the way, nor, this, nor is this the city. Follow me. I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So it was when they had come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and that and the, and they were inside Samaria. Now, when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, my father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? Now, he, he, he ain't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Miles on a group project and he ain't do nothing. <laughs> Real dog. <laughs> but they're happy for the grave. Real dog. But he answered, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and your bow? Hmm. Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. 
Then he prepared a great feast for them, and after they ate and drank, he sent them away, and they went to their master. So in the bands of the Syrian raiders, so the bands of the Syrian raiders came no more into the land of Israel. Bro. Go for it. So so interesting, bro. Because I really wonder, I really wonder, but Naaman. I wonder if Naaman had two miracles, not a blindness, you know what I mean? Or was this just a sect of people that they sent just to kill? Like, all right, y'all go kill, while then, then we can get back to war. You know what I mean? Like, y'all, y'all section, y'all go and deal with that. You it's know? interesting, too. And then my whole thing is, like, the king was so eager to kill them, but Naaman, I mean, not, he got me saying Naaman, but Elisha was like, well, why are you trying to kill them? Why are you so eager to kill them? Mm-hmm. How will we treat them kindly and send them back? Right. And they got treated kindly, sent back, and then... The raid stuff was wasn't because of anything you did, because mm-hmm. it was all divine and all God. And now in twenty four, and so it happened after after this that Benhadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up to besiege Samaria. So now we see from the king's perspective, tried to make a plan, failed. Asked why my plan failed. It was it was the it was it was Elisha went to kill Elisha. Failed. Mm-hmm. My men were blinded. They came back better than they better than they expected. Now he's saying, "All right, well, where did, where y'all come from, Samaria? Let's go to Samaria, <laughs> right?" And there was a great famine in, in 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 Samaria, and indeed they besieged until a donkey's head was sold for eight shekels of silver, and one fourth of a cob of doves droppings for five shekels of silver. But this made me feel like some like a good much time had progressed since then because they say indeed they besieged like to say like they, mm-hmm. they was continuously doing it even though it's like ED like past tense besieged that yeah. made me feel like they continued to ransack yeah but because when you besiege a city you you cutting off the city to basically import and export mm-hmm. so you surrounding the city but you like you know when you watch these ancient shows where you just encircle the city and you just saying but we can't put out here Mm-hmm. So we have all the resources. Anyone coming to you to bring you stuff, they can't get into the city. You trying to send them stuff, you can't get out the city. So we starving you of all your resources. So now imagine this is a farming happening. You type for resources, but you done now. You now you be kind of exacerbating this farming for you because now you can't even trade or nothing because mm-hmm. we we surrounded your city. So now you can't do nothing. So it's like you know siege warfare. We ain't gonna attack you, but we essentially starving you out. Yeah, I just wonder. So I we're playing if, the long game now. Yeah, I wonder if this like the same month, the same year, because because it don't seem like it was a farming at first, because mm-hmm. they just introducing the farming now. Last time we heard of his farming was during Elijah's time, and mm-hmm. that had ended, you know. Um, so now we see the farming, and we see the king had already he heard the news and stuff like that, because obviously they probably had a couple of days journey to get back to them. They said, all right, we 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 could chill. Now they saying, no, we coming back now. We coming back. You understand? So, I don't know. But yeah, the fact of the matter is, they, it was a farming in the land, and they being opportunists, they're like, yo, mm-hmm. okay. So, it's a farming in your land, so y'all have to export, and we, we gonna, we gonna um, flow, uh, we gonna surround your city, basically. Exactly. So now in verse 26, then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, help my king, Help, help my Lord, O King. And he said, if the Lord does not help you, where can I find? And he said, the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you, help, help for you? from the threshing floor, from the wine press? The king said to her, what is troubling you? And she answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and we ate him. And I said to her the next day, give me a son that we may eat him. Hmm. But she has hidden her son. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes and he passed on, and he, as he passed by on the wall. The people looked and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. And the king said, God do so more than me and more also if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. And so now we see like his father... He is blaming Elisha for the famine as his father blamed Elijah yep. for the famine. And they completely ignore the idea that, or the fact that this famine is coming around because of your disobedience to God. God mm. is saying, 
I would bring a farm and you know what I'm saying? Like, um, bro, you know, I, I read this story mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and it, re- but I can be real. Whenever I hear about cannibalism, but it's really made me sick. Like, it's like, that's like a sickening feeling mm-hmm. that out of desperation, people this is doing that. come to. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, you know, um, in the, in the curses, Deuteronomy 28, I believe they talk about farming, right? But one thing they did talk about was cannibalism in Deuteronomy 28. I don't know if you remember that part, bro. I do. They say something along the lines of even the most calm woman or the most gentle man, he can look to kill, he can look to eat his, his wife or his children. You know what I'm saying? And when, it, when, we, when we were doing... 53. The, verse 53? Yeah. 28 verse 53. Yeah, I was in 20 years. I was looking for it. You shall eat the fruits of your own body, the sons of your flesh and your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege of desperate straits, in the siege and in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you. The sensitive and very refined man among you will be hostile toward his brother, toward the wife of his bosom and toward the rest of his children whom he left, who he leaves behind so that he will not give any of them flesh of his children whom he will eat because he has nothing left in the siege and desperate straits in which the enemy shall distress you to all your gates. Then he turn around and say, the tender and delicate woman among you. So they saying, no, they saying, they saying the, the savage who, who really just was doggy dog type of person. They saying, but even the most calm, tender woman who, um, who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her, her, her delicateness and sensitivity will refuse to the husband of her bosom and to her son and to her daughter, you know, and they is basically talking about um how she would be, she would eat for, she will eat them secretly for lack of everything in the siege and desperate straits. So I remember reading that when we were going to the Deuteronomy one, it was that, and they were saying, but it's two things with really, but it really, mm-hmm. but when he's, when, when the curse say, when they say that's a curse that, that y'all going to be waiting for y'all if y'all choose to worship uh, uh, idols and stuff. And there was another one that say, you will, you will be betrothed, you would get married, you would be um, engaged for marriage, bro. And they could take your wife. Mm. You wouldn't even get to have her as a wife, bro. And, Mercy. And I, and I like the, them two things, I was like, bro, I was like, bro, like that's, that's a, I ain't gonna say greatest fear, but that's a bit. That's that would be a big fear of mine to to, to experience that emotion, bro. That's that is that's insane. <coughs> Excuse me. And so you know, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of talks around, you know, people, black people, basically descendants of slavery, right? In modern mm-hmm. slavery, and they say, um, they say you read Deuteronomy twenty eight, and you can see a lot of parallel to like. The triangle of trade and slavery during that time, and even civil rights, and like just how bad people were treated during that time, and it's it mirrors some of these texts, right? And I was because they were saying you would be sent out in ships and stuff like that. They talk about slavery, right? Mm-hmm. And I just used to think I said, but this does sound a lot like black people time, but I I wasn't familiar with like the cannibalism part in terms of black people in slavery. So, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to say if it's true or not. not uh, that's not the point I'm making. What I'm saying is, I start to wonder, all right, so if that's the time, then does these, does the, we, we get these curses in Deuteronomy. So from the, from, when we go throughout the whole Bible, we don't see, do we see any evidence of this in the Bible? And one of the things that really stuck out was this chapter because we see a woman who, her and her friend was like, yeah, we can go, we can go child for child. We can eat my child and I, we can eat your child tomorrow, normal thing. You see what I'm saying? And that's how desperate they are for food, right? Mm-hmm. And here we see one, this this one of them situations where one person gets swindled. They eat my child now tomorrow. It's time to eat our child. You saying no? And now they, is she arguing with the king for that? Like she arguing like, I supposed to be right. Like king, you see how I get, like you see this injustice? And that really, I ain't gonna king like, bro, look at what we come to. Yep. Another thing though, when I was reading, did you, did you get the book, um, the the notes from Flavius Josephus? I didn't buy, it, but I I can always go back and get it. But yeah, 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 keep going. He have a, um, he have a he have a point during the Jewish revolt in seventy A.D. because he document he wrote essays on it, and he was saying how 
there was a woman who killed her child and eat her child during the revolt. And she was um she just she was trying to share and stuff like that. And people was looking at her like, bro, what what is going on? Like, like she must see lose her mind during this time. But we could see when the Bible prophesied this, bro. This 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 a common thing, bro. When I was reading that book, bro, they were saying how, you know, the rich people or the people of influence mm-hmm. was um they were stealing everything from from the poor people, but it got so bad to the point where like you could be chewing, bro. And they'd kill you and take that out your mouth, bro. Like, or, or rip you apart just to get the food yeah. from the inside. Like, that's how... Because the, cause the so Romans wild. the Romans besieged them, but it was burning. It was a famine, and it was burning the city. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like... Sacking the city. Yeah, bro. So so it was... Oh, I, I, I hope to never experience anything similar to that. But they going through it in this chapter right now. And then think about it, bro. As a king, what do you say to that? Like, how you want me to rule against this? Because what you doing ain't right. No. Oh, but arguably it's like, yeah, you were, uh, you are in an unjust situation. Yeah, you are a deal. But now how, how can I command that a next person kill your son? Yeah. And eat him? How can I, how can I, how can I tell you to eat someone, eat another human being, bro? Like, like I, I in a rock in a hard place. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, bro, every time I think about cannibalism, especially during the time of farming, I automatically think of Deuteronomy 20, um, what is it, 28? Deuteronomy 28, because they have blessings and they have curses. And the curses are very, um, the, the, the curses are very descriptive. Like, they mm-hmm. they very, like, they they leave every detail. They don't leave out any detail. They say this God and that God and that God. Exactly. So and, and again, it shows like God doesn't return to you void. And it's funny how they say even in the besieging of the city, this is what's going to happen. And what's happening right now? One, y'all turned away from God. Yep. Y'all city is being besieged. And yep. what's happening? Cannibalism. Cannibalism. Yeah. So, again, everything. Like I was in Philly last weekend, but in real time, probably like a month ago. And I was saying, well, Philly's a good city. And everyone was saying, you got to take the good with the bad. And even with the Bible, you can't just take the blessings, but you got to also understand the curse and the ramifications of your actions. If you do do what's wrong, what curse is going to befall you? And that's what Israel find themselves saying. In right now, you in literally living through one of the curses as a result of your actions of not following God's world and worshiping other gods. Mm. So, yeah, in verse 32... Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. And the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, Elisha, do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. It is, it is not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And while he was still talking with them, there was a messenger coming down to him. And the king said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Yeah, so. And that ends the chapter. Yeah. And then, I mean, I just could do the beginning part of Mm -hmm. chapter 7. And Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seers of, of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make a widow's... Open the windows of heaven. Would would make the windows in heaven, could this be a thing? And he said, In fact, you shall see with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Hmm. Yeah. It's like... Y'all need to stop disrespecting Elisha, bro. Mm -hmm. Come on now. It's... His resume should speak for himself now. If he say this gonna happen tomorrow, mm-hmm. you saying, but even if the God, even if God opened the windows of heaven, would this happen? Because I think I understand. I think I understand what he's saying. You know, economically, right? Let's say, the, let's say the rain just start tomorrow, the farming over. It still could take enough time for y'all to grow y'all crops for the for for the inflation to go down for the for the supply to increase enough so that demand can decrease and then the you know the price decrease as well. So he's saying, mm-hmm. bro. You telling me tomorrow the prices could be normal, but even if it rained tomorrow, that ain't gonna happen. You know what I mean? But you, but you you disrespecting God because He's saying, bro, God is making it so that tomorrow the prices will decrease. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And so Elijah say, it, it can happen. You can see it, but you ain't gonna get to partake of it. Mercy. And it's interesting too, right? Because I feel like from verse, I mean, from chapter six to like chapter, honestly, like nine or eight, it's just like one big continuous actual story. So we could we we could end this episode here, but mm-hmm. overall thoughts. <laughs> overall thoughts, bro. It's actually I think I think this this uh, um. You know, a few things in this chapter. Obviously, we have the floating ox, and the, the floating ox is another one of those ones which we see in just the amount of miracles that, that he did. But I think one of the biggest takeaways was the um, the angels, the angels um, encamping the people, bro. Like, you have people who came out to to kill Elisha, mm-hmm. and Elisha had them in the palm of his hands. And it was interesting because I think it was like twofold. Because Elisha could have just said, y'all blind, now I can walk y'all home, or I, I, I can let y'all cool out for a couple of days, mm-hmm. and then y'all can go home. But he said, no, I'm taking y'all to Samaria. So why? Because the king basically wanted to kill him, kill the, um, the raiders, but the king didn't get to kill the raiders. So it's like, why was y'all even there? You know, This was an opportunity. For you to kind of like be the sermon, essentially mm-hmm. is what I'm saying, or like be the representation of God. So Elisha had every intention to show that mercy. He bring them to the king. The king didn't want to show them mercy. The mm-hmm. king wanted to just be, you know, show them violence type of situation, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but Elisha's like, no, bro. You know, we could we could do that. We could do that. But guess what? We could show them strength, bro. We, 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 they have no leverage here. There's no way they could beat us. But we could show them love and we could show them mercy. You know, so I think that was something where Elijah was trying to be an example for um, King Jehoram, as well as the example to the Syrians. It's like, it's like piece by piece, we giving you all example, we giving you all some some of the most I got. You know what's interesting too? What's that? This is the Syrian king that God said was going to be a real ruler in Syria. There's still Benadid, Benadad. Say that again. Because remember, right before... With Elijah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's saying, anointed. He's saying, this one could be the king of Israel. Mm-hmm. This one could be the king of Syria. Yeah. This still the same king of Syria. Like, certainly God. But Elijah anointed him, right? I would think I'm trying so. to remember because I think... I'm trying to figure if he get anointed or not. Or, or if he just said it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm trying to wonder because I thought he anointed him for real, though. Like, since you say that. Wow. Can I just interesting, eh? Because I just was thinking about it. I say, hold on, this the same Syrian king... Cause he, he ain't dead yet, and I know we could we could talk about his death in a couple chapters. And I'm like, hmm. bro, what really what's what's really going on with you? <laughs> yeah, bro, that is so that's so interesting. Yeah, so anyway, you you could continue though, bro. Yeah, like I mean, for me, I think the biggest takeaway again is it's, it's the same thing. Um, like just understanding, like in God's infinite wisdom, what we what we see, because we see with our human sinful eyes. But God sees everything through his perspective and uh, we could live in completely different realities. You know what I'm saying? Like with the, with the case with this story, God already had the plan mapped out. Elijah saw exactly what God's plan is. But the servant didn't. And it wasn't until God actually revealed to him his plan. And he, I guess, was rest assured. But Elijah didn't have to do that and God didn't have to do, have, have to do that. Mm-hmm. But, that. But the situation would have still probably worked out the same. And so it's just like knowing that in every situation, just pray and just understand and, well, pray and trust God because God can definitely make a way out of no way. Yeah, so, yeah, so Elijah anointed, um, 1 Kings 19 verse 15, the Lord said, go on your way to the wilderness of Damascus and when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. And then he said, anoint Jehu, um, king over Israel and Elisha. So the three of them came, was anointed around the same time. You mm. understand? Jehu passed away, right? Because now his his brother, I think, Jehoram, also the son of Ahab, is in place. And so, yeah. So so maybe, so if it's Ben-Hadad, Ben-Hadad is, was, so remember, Ben-Hadad was in place with Ahab, right? Mm-hmm. And Elijah anointed Hazael. I think that's his descendant, but I think his name Ben-Hadad is... Ben-Hadad just never died? or Yeah, he, I think... I, I, I might be wrong, but I think Hazael, also, if you check history, he might be Ben-Hadad the second. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, Ben-Hadad the first st- uh, was still in, in power after the fire. I, can't, I just can't remember if he died or not. I can't remember if we covered if he died or not, honestly, because remember, they went to war and then they end up killing Ahab. What, mm-hmm. was that the serious? I can't remember. 
Yeah, I think that was the Syrians. I think that was the Syrians. Yeah. So yeah, the Syrians went to battle with a against Ahab, and then remember somebody just drew a bow at random. So we know that's how Ahab died, right? Mm-hmm. And we now one generation under Ahab. So Ahab dead. His son, his son reign. I think his son fall off the lattice and and concept, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So like, so now we had um. So now we have another son. Anyway, this still one of Ahab's sons. And so the probability of the first Benadad being alive is, mm-hmm. is still probable. So there's still probably Benadad. You know what I'm saying? Somebody. Yeah, somebody. It's one of the Syrian kings at the end of the day. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a random thought. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry, I was a red mosquito. Um, but um, <laughs> I threw off my whole train of thought. But yeah, man, like, it's just understanding God's wisdom and God's plan. Because even though the king of Israel wanted to kill them, Elijah was like, no. <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, God has a plan and God knows why he's doing things and why he reveals things to us, what, what, what his plan is going to be. But even at the beginning, do you have enough faith to pick up the axe out of the water? Do you have enough faith to trust God's plan? And I think that's just the theme was that we've been going through a, a, a while now. It's just, and not even a while now, from the beginning of the Bible, like what, like what is your faith? What is your, how much faith do you have in God's plan? How much faith do you have in what God is doing? How much faith do you have in what God can do? As the sons of the prophets built their dwelling, the Syrian army thought to surround Elisha. But really, they were the ones that were surrounded by the angels of the Lord. Elisha showed mercy to the Syrians and sent them away peacefully. But let's just say that Israel has not seen the last of the Syrians. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your hosts, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.